Welcome to Millennials on the Move podcast, and I'm super excited for our guest, like I always am, but this particular guest is very, very special, near and dear to me. I met him when I was um, serving for City Year Miami. I met him in Boston, and ever since then, we have been connecting and supporting each other for the long way. So, Hakeem, let's say what's up to the people. What's up, good people? How y'all doing? Yeah, as we like to say in Jersey, what up? Akeem, um, I'm going to read a little bit about him so you guys kind of have like a backstory. Um, he is the CEO and founder of Akeem Speaks. We'll get more into that later. It is an LLC, and he also is the CEO and the founder of A Leadership Journey. So more about him. Um, Akeem Speaks is a professional development and education-focused service for nonprofits, colleges, and universities, academic institutions on the middle and high school level. By providing strategies to enhance overall work and life outcomes, Akeem Speaks delivers workshops dedicated to produce professional, academic, and holistic change. Wow. That was a mouthful, but it was also very powerful what you're doing and what you're choosing to do with our youth because, as we all know, they are the future, but we have to invest so much time and so much love and attention and intentional attention to our children. So how did you get involved in all of this that you do? You can start from mm. the mm. uh, So, um, man, starting from the beginning, first of all, first of all, again, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate you for allowing me to, you know, uh, share this platform um, and, and, and to be able to share my story. Uh, I, I cannot thank you enough. So please allow me to just say thank you for that. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> and so um, where did all this, how did all this start, right? Yeah. Uh, so for me, in order to understand the why, you have to understand the perseverance and the challenges that, I, that I've experienced. And so I, I'll do my best to try to sum it all up, but to share as much as possible. Um, I, I grew up in a household that did not necessarily uh, promote social and emotional support. I grew up in a household where love was not discussed, where our feelings and our emotions were not discussed. I grew up in a household where nobody really gave hugs. I did not receive a hug the entire time I grew up in that household. I was never told I love you in that household. And, and, and I'm sharing this for context, right? Like my mother and my father, they weren't there. And, and, and that's not to be another sad story of a young black boy who parents weren't engaged. But again, it's, it's just for context, right? Like, my, my grandparents who raised me and several of my siblings, I, I love them. I love them with all my being. And I believe that they really tried to give me everything that they had with everything that they could. Right. Uh, but it's, it, when I got older, I learned that it is, it is, it's sometimes very difficult to teach or do what you don't know. Right. And so growing up in that environment, at a very young age, I did not know what they didn't know. All I knew is what I felt. And what I felt was unloved. I felt lost. I felt as if I was, I, I was in a space 
that 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 silenced me because we grew up so silent amongst each other right uh, and and without having you know the kind of guidance that a lot of a lot of young people need Definitely. um i i walked around with bottled up emotions i walked around uh, you know, being told as a young black boy, you can't cry. As a young black boy, you can't show your emotions. You can't share your feelings. And so um, I, just like many other young people, walked around upset, angry, mad, um, emotional. And, and, and that played a huge part uh, of my adolescence and the development during that time period. And so I'm starting with that because that plays a huge role in the why I'm doing the work that I do today, right? So I'm, I'm going to make that connection between the lack of social and emotional support, right? To then jumping into, um, I got I I got my first mentor when I was in ninth grade, and that's because I allowed this brother to be a mentor to me because, right. as you know. A lot of young people, especially young people of color, black people like us, we don't let people into our lives so easily. Yeah. But when I finally did, this man literally changed my perspective. And I remember uh, he said to me one day, he said, King, there is nothing unmanly about crying. Right. There is, there is nothing unhuman about allowing yourself to feel... And be and, and and be emotional and and expressive. There's nothing unmanly about crying, because that's what humans do. And exactly. you are human. And and so here I am. I've spent you know from what I can remember at least age five all the way up to fourteen. You know, with this perspective of what I can't do, right. and to then finally have someone say to me what I can do, that changed the game for me. And so uh, the second part of, of what I do today is, so you got social emotional support and then you move into vulnerability, self-expression, mm -hmm. right? And then I get to high school. And when I get to high school, I have an African-American literature teacher my senior year of high school. And she handpicked all of her students. And during that time, she kept asking me, Akeem Lloyd, who are you? Akeem Lloyd, who are you? And every time I tried to come up with, uh, uh, I'm, I'm Miss I'm Miss Mary's grandson, right? She'd be like, no, Akeem Lloyd, who are you? I'm like, I'm a resident of Atlantic City. No, Akeem Lloyd, who are you? Right? I could not answer this lady's question for nothing. And she used to talk about how proud she was to be Gullah Geechee. And how her family were from the Carolinas, and how her skin, her her beautiful melanin skin, was something that she was proud to have, and 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 so this this conversation or or these seeds that were planted by her was 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 what I now can understand to be right um, the importance of of self awareness, right, and and so now you you take social emotional support right uh vulnerability being able to express yourself self-awareness and then the last piece is when i got to philadelphia and i started working with city year um i had a young i had a group of students who who lived relatively close to downtown philly so if you've ever been to philly 
um, these students, these students live like five, like 10 minutes away from downtown love park. And they had never been there. And so I thought that was crazy to me that, that, that you lived in a city and you've never been downtown. Yeah. And so, um, the, the, the thought of travel, right. Taking students from, from where, where they taking students from what they know, um, where they're comfortable. And I say comfortable in quotation marks because a lot of times they're actually uncomfortable, but comfortable enough because they've been there long enough. If you, exactly. if you, if you vibe with me, right. Um, and, and, and take them out of these spaces to start exposing them to spaces that they've never been in. Yeah. And, and that's where you get Akeem Speaks. That's where you get a leadership journey. Because right. those four pillars or those four pieces um, allowed me to think and process youth development on a whole nother level, on right. a different level. And so I put those pieces together and I said, with what I can do, I want to make sure that young people understand the importance of knowing thyself, right? right? Um, I'm going to make sure that they understand the importance of getting out of their comfort zone. I'm going to make sure that young people understand the importance of removing the mask and expressing themselves right. and, 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 and not, not, uh, not aligning vulnerability with weakness. Right. right. And then I'm going to make sure or do my best that young people uh, feel comfortable in their own skin. And and, and, and those four pieces uh, is, is, is really what makes up a lot of my ideology. I mean, there's there's a ton, but right. those are four pieces Before that really I mean, make up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So a little brief story, y'all. Um, so. I went to Boston, when was it, 2014? Yeah, mm. I became a team leader. And, you know, City Air was, it was overwhelming in itself. Honestly, it was very long days, you know, being there for the students, like he said, social, emotionally. So we did um, behavior management. We had um, mentoring at lunch. Like, it was like a whole amazing program. So I really got opened up to mentorship when I started City Year. But when I went to Boston, they have like a whole week full of training for all of the leaders who are coming back, who are starting another year, who are getting new team members and things like that. So when I first saw Akeem, he was on stage and he was speaking. It was poetry. And it was more than just what we usually see with poetry like you know the rhythms and the vibes and the snapping of the fingers like all of that was there but it was something just so much more powerful in what he was saying and the way he was saying it it was like he believed it it's like he was living it so from then I mean I've just really been taken by his journey and his story and what he does and what he's choosing to live his life how he's choosing to live his life um to provide children what he was not given you know so I always say it's two types of people right so you have the people who become victims of their circumstance and you have people who overcome their circumstance right so you don't allow it to stop you and to hinder you and to say you know what they were right about me you know what I'm saying like you took it upon yourself to make it your responsibility to make sure the youth feel and know themselves and and trust and believe that people are actually behind them. Like, 
like you said, it takes a lot for kids to open up. It really does. And they can see right through the BS. They really can. Mm. So uh, to be able to touch so many young lives, like it has to be something about your spirit that they feel is right for theirs, you know? So I just want to commend you on your whole journey and everything that you've done to get to this point. Um, you know, some people, you know, are really humble about it because this is your life's work. You know, this is not for a hand clap. This is not for any praise. This is who you are. This is what you do. So I just want to commend and celebrate you for what you're doing for these, these young people and for everybody around you that you inspire. So the next thing that I wanted to say is thank you. You have taken these kids to Kenya. How did you pull that off? <laughs> like, uh, what? Tell us. <laughs> so, um, yes, we a leadership journey is my youth travel nonprofit, and I started it three years ago. And the mission of our of our of our work is to inspire young people to embody the essence of global citizenship leadership, self-awareness, and Ubuntu, mm -hmm. along with mental health. So between these four to five pillars, um, we are challenging young people, we are encouraging young people, and doing our best to inspire young people to, 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 un to, to implement uh, healthier self-care practices. We are challenging them, encouraging them, and hopefully inspiring them to begin to see the importance of, of my humanity is tied to yours, right? right? And so when we break that down and we say Ubuntu, I am because you are, my humanity is tied to yours, right. it's getting that young person from, from Miami mm -hmm. to see the young person from Providence, not on the outer skirts of everything that they see about them or judge about them or assume about them right. but to break those barriers down and to see that person for who they are right. and when we're able to see that then we're able to build community then we're able to have empathy and understanding and grace right and so that's that's where ubuntu comes in the self-awareness yeah. piece is self-explanatory i spoke about it already and then the global the global citizenship and why it's important for us to encourage our young people to not just see themselves as leaders here in America, but as global citizens. And, and, and to get them to identify the inequities uh, and, and, and the different uh, social justice uh, or injustice that they deem is wrong, and then to encourage them to, 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 to act, right, on... Right on these pieces so that they can be leaders, uh, not just uh, within their community, but anywhere they go. And so we started this three years ago and it was just a thought. And then that thought turned into an action and then that action turned into a social responsibility to provide young people with the opportunity to participate in cultural exploration via cultural exchange activities, via discussion, right? And, and so we raised money. We, 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 we asked people that we met along our journey, hey, can you donate a couple of dollars? Can you donate money here? Can you donate money there? Um, I put a lot of my own money uh, in, into this project. And uh, 10 months later, when we first started the idea, we took our first cohort to South Africa. After that, 
when we came back, a young man said, so is this a thing? And, uh, <laughs> I, right, 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 right. He said, he right. said, is this a thing, right? <laughs> and, and I said, yeah, right? <laughs> um, in my head, I was like, oh, oh exactly. yeah. Because now <laughs> right. you got to deliver. You I got to deliver. I right. got to deliver. And, and, and so that's when it became a thing, right? Because you realize the void. And right. one thing, one thing that I learned is, uh, all great leaders, when they see a void, they fill the void. And our young people who look like us wasn't getting the same opportunity to travel and participate in leadership opportunities, um, as their white peers. And so I said, this is, this is the opportunity for us to bridge that gap right. and to also create a platform for young people who look like us to get the same kind of world lens. Right. And so when, so we started fundraising for year two, uh, and, and we raised enough to take eight, eight students from four different states. Oh and when we, when we came back, um, I had one of my roommates say to me, have you ever been to Kenya? And I said, no. He said, you want to go to Kenya? I said, yeah. And so, uh, literally that's how it worked. Right. He put me he put me in contact with somebody in Kenya who was his dad. And I, over two years, I stayed in contact with him, coordinating and setting up our, our schedule. Uh, we started fundraising again, and we just got back this past Wednesday, and we took seven students to Kenya. Dope! So it's a thing! It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> That's what's up. So... Um, I love the connection that you're bringing um, the kids to a place that people feel like is like barren, right? It's like third world country. All you see is poor children who are sick and who need help. And it's just so much more to that, the, the motherland that people are, you know, letting out and letting off, you know? So I want to actually just, I feel like I just got to keep hand clapping for you. <laughs> At this point, it's like you can go anywhere in the world, right? Anywhere yeah. in the world. And you chose to go to South Africa. You chose to go to the place where people probably have the most, the most negative stigmas. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Associated. Mm. And I think, like you said, self-awareness and all that, it started in Africa. Like, contrary to popular belief, it started in Africa. And it's more to that beautiful continent than we're allowing people no, hold on, wait. I'm going to pause. People keep texting me. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's more to it, and I think it's very beautiful that they saw that, right? So it's mm. a thing, like, oh, I love when kids, like, just become open-minded, right? Because, you know, they go into things, like you said, they may be comfortable because they're used to it, but they, may, they still may be uncomfortable. You know mm. what I'm saying? So the fact that they were able to like go completely out of their country continent, you know what I'm saying? Like zone, like comfort zone and to really see the power and the impact that it, it, it created for them. I mean, I mean that alone will probably just make people want to continue to keep doing things like this and continue to fund things like this. So what would you say was the most like challenging while you're while you were there like what was the challenge that you saw um when you were there if you saw any um 
So and, and and sort of also be quite quite like direct with this. It's actually been really hard to get people to well, it's it's been it's been hard to get more people to support our journey. Right. Um with raising money. It's actually been extremely hard and it has not been easy at all. Um but a challenge that I saw while in Kenya. Well, um, and with your kids directly, it can okay. be anything, but just with the group, because you know, taking kids out of the continent, right. um, just in general, you know, like how, what was some challenges that you know you saw? Got you. So, um, with with our group. I would say one of the one of the challenges that we had was um, so we had one senior. Mm-hmm. Everybody else were were you know sophomore juniors. So we had one senior, and um, all of the girls at one point had to be moved into the same room, and so you had four girls sharing one shower, and. <laughs> And uh, that that quickly turned into a situation <laughs> um, because one of the young ladies is very prideful, and as as she should be, as folks are allowed to be, but she was the oldest, and what we saw was she had a response and a comment and an opinion to everything that the other young ladies said. Mm. And so we, um, we had to like quickly figure out what was, what was the best strategy, right? Or the best thing to do to go about making sure that, um, these young ladies actually, actually got along. Right. Well, the the educator in me, the teacher in me, goes back to this is uh this is a, this is a learning le- like this is this is a learning um opportunity right right where uh where conflict resolution is going to be something that you're going to experience your throughout your lifetime. lifetime yes and so in, uh instead of instead of pointing it out directly. Mm-hmm. We chose to allow the young ladies to figure it out, right? But uh, at um, I'm 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 trying to think of a better way to say this. You know how some people subtweet, right? Where they say something, yeah, uh, right. And so, like, we had we had subtweet conversations ah. with with the older student that did not that did not make her feel attacked, right? Um, but in hindsight, made her think about and reflect on how she was going about engaging her other friends or like peers. Right. And so that was honestly, that was the biggest challenge. Like with the group, that was it. Outside of that, these students who did not know each other until we got to the airport, the first time they met each other, they actually built a community within the first two to three days. That's what's up. That is what's up. So how did you go about selecting these students? Yeah, and so um, I actually volunteer with 
an organization in Boston called the Leaders of Tomorrow program, the LOT program under the National Black NBA Association. And uh, I approached them on a business and uh, said, we, we're, you know, we have a leadership journey. You have students. Let's sit down and discuss how we can support each other. And, and so we, we, we hold slots for at least three students from Boston. So that's how Boston got involved. Cool. Providence students got involved because I was actually running an after-school program here. Mm-hmm. And after I, as I was transitioning out of that school, the parents and the guardians pretty much said, uh, my child goes where you Wherever go. Wherever you go. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the most humbling uh, statements that I can get as an educator because that, that parent and that guardian has put their faith and trust in me. Yeah. And so that's, and then students started to talk about what we were doing and, and so word of mouth spread. But that's really been the recruitment. Like I have not been to a, a ton of schools yet to right. talk about a leadership journey. Um, I right. substituted at one school and that was the one school that I, you know, presented a leadership journey at. Outside of that, I've, I've engaged the students who wanted to be engaged. Right. Uh, m- moving forward, now that we have an application, our goal, the goal is to, you know, start going to schools and presenting and community programs and presenting. Yeah. That's what's up. This is about to be super, This is about to be bigger than big. God's willing, man. <laughs> bigger than big. And one thing that I can really say about people who have this willingness to just stick to it. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's all it really takes is taking action and following through every single step of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like there's gonna be challenges, they're gonna be things that come up. They're going to be people who back out. They're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be so many things that are thrown at you, but the big picture is the big picture, right? And Mm. so trusting your process is something that I seriously live by because it's not always going to be something that is going to feel like you should trust. Like things are going to feel, you're going to feel apprehensive about Mm. moving forward or even working with the organization. Things may be a little sketchy, you know, when you get to know an organization and you really see the way that their values are, it may not align with yours. And they may be the people who support you monetarily the most. And it's like, dang, if we pull out with them, they take all the money. But mm. we don't agree with what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. you know, when you think about things like on a, on a grand scale, like sometimes you're going to have to take risks and sometimes you're going to have to back down and back out when you don't want to. But it's yeah. going to be the best for you and your journey and what you feel is going to work for your kids. So um, um, I always like to get a little you know, personal, although you and I have been a little personal since the beginning of this um, interview. But is there anything that you are internally struggling with? Because I like people to know that, you know, although it sounds like you have it all together, because low-key it kind of does, um, there's always those little things that we need to work on to make ourselves better, you know? So we talked about self-assessing earlier. So what do you think there's something about you? Like, what is there something that you're struggling with now that you're actually working towards, like, a solution for it? Or if you found one, you let us know. Balance. Mm. Balance. Uh, that was that was easy for me because I remind myself every day balance. Um, 
we haven't even talked about Akeem Speaks and uh, and that that's that's a whole nother job, right? Like that right. is my job. Akeem Speaks is my job. The leadership journey is my job. Right. And then I'm also I'm also driving Lyft and Uber, you Me know, to, to like pay bills, right? Yes. And so um, balance has been my number one piece of advice and focus uh, for the year 2019. And the reason being is. Um, I wake up at 2 a.m. every morning and I drive till about 11 a.m., sometimes 12. And then after I get finished driving, lifting Uber around that 12 o'clock time, then I have about five hours, right, to balance a leadership journey and Akeem Speaks and meetings and conference calls, right, and running errands before six o'clock because by six thirty I need to be in bed if I'm gonna get enough sleep. Right. And so the thing that I'm um I'm still working towards on a day to day basis in twenty nineteen right now as we speak is balance. Um with 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 the amount of energy that goes into my work and this is for anybody who listening who is listening and who will listen. Uh when when we find that flame in us that does not go to sleep and keeps us up, that energy that we want to put towards meeting that flame, to developing that flame, nurturing that flame, to one day be able to walk in the light that God has given us to stand in, it's going to take a lot of energy and it's going to take a lot of courage. And in order for us to continue to walk that path, we're going to have to be able to balance and we're going to have to be able to make sure that we are uh, practicing self self care, right? Yeah, and and so that balance of these three things is also uh, a challenge because within that five hour time, I still want to I still want to make time to work out. I still want to make time to read. To I still eat. want to make time to meditate. I still want to make time to eat, right? right. Um, and so all of these things, and, and, and I'm not just talking about stuffing something in my mind. Like, I want to sit down, right, and eat and, and, and not feel rushed. And so yeah. um, those, those have been challenges yeah. for me. Um, right. And... And shoot, I mean, uh, there there was a time where you know, even with a leadership journey, and you you touched on it, right? But it was a time with a leadership journey where I was just like, man, I don't know, man. Like I really don't know because this this financial this this financial thing is 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 going to keep us from being able to do this for real, right? And 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 so that's been a challenge, right? Trying to trying to uh, put myself in a position to engage folks who really want to help see this thing evolve, grow, and become sustainable. Right. Um, but with that being said, because I'm reminding myself of balance, every day I'm, 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 I'm getting a little better at, you know, uh, uh, you know, meeting here, conference call here, meditate, meeting here, read reading here, relaxing, right? And right. then one, one thing that I do, and I don't know if, if we were going to get on this, but um, shutting things down. At a certain time, I mm -hmm. shut it all down. Yeah. I don't care, I don't care what, what's, what 
what needs to be done. I'm shutting it down. Dang, that's good. <laughs> that's good, man. Like, you know, I went to a leadership conference and I call it leadership, but it's called the Funnel Hacking Live. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, marketing and, and sales and advertisement and you're finding your target market, like it's just so many things, right? So it's like, okay, I go to this conference, you get everything you need out of it. But the thing that they say the most is you have to make a covenant with yourself. You have to make a covenant with yourself that you're going to trust yourself to do the necessary, the necessary things that are good for you. So when it comes to balance and shutting things down, like a father was speaking. So by the way, I think his name is Matt. Don't mm. quote me, but he had an eight-year-old son and he traveled all the time on the weekend. So he was very present during the week. But Friday to Sunday, his job, he, he was a public speaker. So he went to speak every weekend. Mm -hmm. And so one weekend he was leaving. He was like, all right, son, I'm getting ready to go, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, his son was like, Dad, I don't want you to go. And he's bawling, crying, like crying, crying. Like, he was like, I I'll be back. We'll go to a baseball game. We'll eat ice cream. Like, but, like mind you, he sees his dad 95% of the time, right? But he said it was something about him walking away that didn't feel right in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, he mm -hmm. every week, he's been doing it since the, the it was, he was a baby. So eight years, he's been doing the same routine. But he realized the older his son got, the more he needed him, right? So he was like, mm -hmm. you know what? All right, uh, public speaking is my calling. I love what I do, but I love my son more. So what he decided to do is he cut the public speaking on the weekend, and him and his wife got a divorce, long story. But long story short, he said, I dedicate every day from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock only to my son. I stop working at 2.55. I, I, I make sure that I'm spending quality time. We're watching motivational speeches together. He's reading these books. He's, I'm spending intentional time because I'm choosing to shut down what I don't think is as important as he. Mm. So that was powerful to me, obviously, because it's a father. And obviously because he's a parent and, you know, we get so caught up in all the things that we have and all the things that we do and we don't take the time to shut down. I'm learning how to shut down. I work till three o'clock in the morning on some, no, I got to get this post out or I got to get this content or I got to edit this video or I got to, I had, that is my issue. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with shutting down and a lot of it has to do with my sleeping patterns. Ever since high school, junior year I don't know I guess I was super busy I don't know but ever since my junior year in high school I can't go to sleep before two o'clock in the morning I just can't wow I can't I don't know I, I can't and I think college didn't make it better because of long nights and things like that so I'm trying to find like a balance between my by my clock because everybody's body clock is different yeah my work hours are different than than everybody but at the same time, what you said, balancing and shutting down is so essential. And I just need to learn. And I think everybody needs to learn that it can wait, right? Like nothing is like so dire that it has to happen right now. Like you have to, you know, nothing right. you have to unless you have a child and they have to eat. I mean, I just, just think about those basic things. Throw out, throw out the does, okay? But it honestly can wait. And so 
when you say balance, like you definitely resonate with me um, when it comes to that because I am constantly trying to force myself to chill and to stop and to breathe and to eat. I don't even eat some days. Like it's crazy. And so yeah. it's, it's an unhealthy thing, but you know, it's something that, you know, you have to kind of like bring yourself to, you know, and mm -hmm. I like that you've been able to set this like system for yourself. Like, nope, I shut down. I go to sleep because I got to get enough sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that's discipline. You know what I'm saying? And discipline is very hard to master. So mm. shout out to you, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's a journey. And I feel like I really appreciate you sharing that with us because most people don't really know what it is, but when they hear someone else's struggle, it's, it starts to sound familiar, right? So, yeah. um, the familiarity that I got from your struggle is that I struggle with the same thing. So everyone listening out there, nothing is that dire. You have to learn how to shut down. You have to learn how to regroup and reprocess and reconfigure, you know, how you're going to, you know, move in your day to day and systems and structure is super important and, um, balance needs to be your number one priority on top yep. of everything. So you and I had a prior conversation. He was like, well, Mike, I'm just not a poet. That stood out to me. And I know most people, um, I can't even see most people who know you, but the first time I met you, you were on stage and you were doing poetry. You were doing spoken word. You know what I'm saying? So um, that hit harder for me because that the words are influential. Words change perspective. Words are so mm, powerful, yeah. right? So I'm like, boom. But when you said I'm more than just a poet i'm more than just someone who does spoken word like i'm more than all these things this is that that is just the umbrella you know what i'm saying so speak to us more speak more to to that like tell me your thought process behind that because some people get stuck with one title but they are so much many other things and they don't know how to i guess um get people to understand that i'm more than this like i'm this i'm not just this i'm that so kind of, you know, talk us through that process. Yeah. So um, I'm, 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 I'm more than just a poet because, one, I believe that, right? Like, we, 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 have, we are multi-talented, multi-fascinated people, right? Like, we, we are, what, what we bring to this earth um, into the spaces that we exist in um, is is influential, and when when you spend a lot of time doing a lot of self work, right? And by self work, I'm talking about that self awareness piece, asking yourself those questions, and then giving yourself answers that gets you closer to understanding who you are, how you operate, etc it helps you understand, it helped me, excuse me, right? Let me, let me talk about I statements. It helped me understand that I was more than just a poet, that, that as, 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 as powerful as words can be, and I've been, I've been blessed with an opportunity to you know, write and think and put together words in a way that can be powerful for some right. um, outside of that. I'm also like when I said that, 
I was thinking about the human in me. I was thinking about like, I'm a brother, right? I'm a grandson. Yeah. I'm a son, right? I'm an, I'm a social entrepreneur. Um, and I'm a friend, right? Uh, I, I'm a philosopher, yeah. right? And so I'm, and I'm thinking about all these different traits that I associate myself with that's more than just a poet. Like if somebody was to ask me, like, who are you? I'm, the first thing that comes out of my mouth isn't going to be a poet. And it's not going to be the only thing that comes out of my mouth. Right. right. And so that's why I said I'm more than just a poet because when I first when I first started speaking um, with confidence, it was through poetry. Mm. It was through poetry. That's where I found confidence. That's where I found a lot of myself. And so right. I can see why if, when people don't, when people who don't know me. Uh, but have maybe heard me do a poem or have seen me perform spoken word, why they would associate that word with me. Right. I can see that. I don't get, right. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get upset about it. Right. Uh, but if you were to ask me then who, are you? What are who you? I am, I would, I would then, uh, I would be inclined to share more characteristic traits other right. than just being a poet. Right. Right. So another thing that I think about that people do, and this is like kind of like a side note situation, but when people ask you, what do you do? I honestly hate that question. I, I, really, <laughs> I really, I seriously hate it. Um, and I think more so for college students who graduate or for kids who graduate high school, um, people who are, you know, may or may not be changing careers or whatever i just think that no don't ask me that i don't know i just feel like it brings so much anxiety um to someone who's still trying to figure it out or to someone who is more than just one person who is more than just one profession you know what I mean? who does more than one um profession and so we're gonna quickly talk about it what do you feel when people ask you what do you do yeah um, so what I feel right away yes. is, is, are you going to understand what I do after Boom. I get finished explaining it? Right. <laughs> that's, right. that's like the first thing that comes to mind is when you ask me like, what do I do? Are you really going to understand it? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, so that's like the first feeling that I get, but out, outside of that, um, I mean, how I feel, the, the, like, like I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty open to it, only because I, I want people to, like, I want people to know about yeah. a leadership journey. Yeah, I want people to know about Akeem speaks. Right, and, and and the more that people understand and know, then hopefully, maybe with God's blessing. Uh, you know, the, the work that we doing will travel and then it, it maybe it will allow us to grow. But, um, yeah, like, like just initially, I mean, um, initially I'm just like, oh man, how do I, how do I even I go explain about it? explaining right. it to you? Because, because there's so many parts yeah. to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's how I feel. I, I just, 
just wondered um, because I have I have like a spiel that I have to give every time. I think I'm just like, all right. <clears throat> so you ready? All right. So I, I kind of just run with it. You feel me? And like um, what I've noticed is when I work, I'm working with a startup called Black Business University, and mm. I'm very apprehensive about saying that I'm a part of the startup when it comes to talking to other. So mm. other means anybody other than black. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that the challenge that I have was just like, um, I'm not really prepared for the look I'm about to receive because mm. it's basically helping black entrepreneurs start businesses and optimize business. It's, it's, it's just about black, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dang, bro, like, they asked me, I gotta say, yeah, so we are... Um, Black Business University, um, only for the, you feel me? And it's like, yeah, this is going to get weird. But, you know, I just, I found that when you are uncomfortable with doing things, that's an insecurity of your own that you're projecting onto what you're doing. So if you're not completely comfortable or secure or you're, you're yes. not feeling like this is what you're supposed to be doing, then it's going to be a little it's going to be a little unsettling pushback that you receive. So yeah. what I've been learning to do is just, sucking up and walking in my truth and this is what I do and you may have an opinion you may not but that's something that internally that I had to fix you know what I'm saying so mm, that's a real yeah. reason why I brought up that question because it, it did piss me off it's like dang once I say this you're gonna be like oh you know this is like what does that mean right so I think that all of that um balled into one people struggle with saying what they do with what school they went to or what school they didn't go to or all of these stigmas that are tied to what people are traditionally supposed to be doing um, yeah you know slightly you know overwhelming and uh cr cringy as um one of my um two two t's likes to say she loves that word cringy whatever that means <laughs> um but for the most part um akeem speaks is that um, I see that, you know, it's more, it's, you know, education-focused service for nonprofits, colleges, academic, middle, and high school level. So are you guys in many schools? Like, how does Akeem Speaks work? Yeah. And so, actually, as you were, as you were describing your, your, your experience, um, it, it made me think about all of, all of the white people that I, that asked me that question, right? What I do, right? Because that because some of them, or a lot of the folks that have asked me. So let me put it like this, right? Most people who ask me that question are usually white people, mm -hmm. and um, a question that has followed up has been, you know, well, what what students are you? are you bringing and are you doing this for and it, and me being very unapologetic about saying this is for students of color right right and so when you ask you know how do i be feeling be feeling as as if i need to i need to be very conscious and intentional right right that's how i be feeling very intentional to say this is why this organ this is why this nonprofit was started. Right. Um and and oh so I'm this is not your question, but 
<laughs> now that we're talking about this, it's made me think because I've also been very conscious and wanted to be very intentional. And so like when you ask me how I feel, I'm, I'm listening to how people respond mm -hmm. after I share what mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. Because what I don't want is for folks to to use a certain to use certain language to try to make sense in their head what it is Boom. that doesn't that doesn't align with what I just said. Right. Right. And so it's like, no, this is not a mission trip. Boom. Is, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like like no, this yeah. is not a service trip. Right. Um, and, so people and, and, people yeah. don't listen; they interpret. Yes. That's what it seems like. Hmm. Yeah. But to get to your question, um, Akeem speaks isn't in any school. Uh, actually, it's uh, it's really consultant work, um, mm -hmm. and it allows me to continue to serve young people just in, in a different capacity than. A leadership journey it, right. it allows me to to give back um and to share you know my personal testimony and and to and to do workshops that will um encourage the students that i i do these workshops for to like it to encourage them to get them to start thinking about their future Right. And how and how they want to live and right. and how they want to do it and why it's important for them to do it and and so uh, Akeem speaks was created because I wanted to give back in a different way but I wanted to use you know my 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 talent in a way that that felt most most comfortable for me and so okay. speaking was it and so I started Akeem speaks but the quick background story to this is look. My, the, uh, my former supervisor for two years straight kept telling me, Kim, you need to go speak. You need to start your own thing. You need to. You need to do this. And for two years, I told this man, no, it's not going to happen. Because <laughs> I did not have the confidence that like people would listen to me. I'm, yeah. like, I, I'm like, I talk too much. I take forever to get to the point. Nah. I, know these, I know these things, right? And so right. what... What's what sensible audience is if that's even the word, right? Is 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 going to sit there and listen to me? And so I said, nah. I said, nah. I'm not even going to try. And then um, the third, he stayed persistent. And then finally, year three uh, of him asking me and encouraging me to do it, I said, you know what? I got you, man. I got you. And so uh, four years ago was when I started Akeem speaks. And now it's, it's, it's it. You don't even seem like somebody who would not be confident. I think of most people who do spoken word, um, who have even a small crowd, honestly. Like every spoken word poetry night I've gone to has always been intimate. It's always been 20, 30 people in the room, low lighting, very, you know, zinned out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like that is a very vulnerable space to be in. And yeah. so I did not even correlate you being, you know, not confident, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to your abilities, but because you know what you know about the way you speak, I totally understand. But, man, um, 
this has been amazing and so inspirational. And I cannot wait for people to hear this because it's going to encourage and evoke like fire in people's eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like we're doing what we have to do to get where we want. And I think because you know who you are and where you want to go and the people you want to lead, like that's, that's the hardest part of life. Mm. And you figured it out. Everything else will work for itself. We just have to continue to believe and take those risks. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, and believe that, you know what? Failure, failure may happen, but you're not a failure because you failed. You failed and you're going to learn from that and you're going to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I'm really, really, really appreciative of you being with us today. I could not wait to get you on here, bro. Finally, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. But if there's anything that you would like to leave with my audience, um, words of encouragement, anything that you live by, the floor is yours. Word. Uh, so, again, first of all, let me just say thank you for providing the space and the opportunity for me to, you know, dive. And just a little bit, right? For whoever's listening, this is only a tad bit of the testimony. But you can follow me on Twitter at Akeem Lloyd 6 A-K-E as an elephant, E as an elephant, M as in Mary, L-L-O-Y as in yellow, D as in dog, 06. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Akeem Speaks with an S, um, Akeem Speaks, and then the number two. Um, but I usually tell folks that give me the opportunity to tell them, right, dreams don't move unless you do. Your goals are waiting on you. Mm. Dreams don't move unless you do. Your goals are waiting on you. There's nothing in this world that you want um, that isn't going to require some form of action. And as I stated earlier, when we embark, when we embark on this journey, this journey of self-discovery, this journey of interest to ignite that flame, it's going to take a lot. And we are going to experience a lot, both sadness, trials, challenges, etc. But it's going to be extremely important for folks to remember why they started in the first place. Yeah. To remember why that flame came about, to remember what makes them happy, to remember right why they started. And so right. um, for anybody who's listening to this, man, I, 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 I share with you two things. Remember why you started. And then two, um, every day is an opportunity for you to get a little closer. Every day is an opportunity for you to get a little closer. And so um, whatever that means, for whatever you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis to get a little closer, then do it. A leadership right. journey took all 10 months in order for us to raise money. But we got closer to our goal. And then during month 11, we were in South Africa. Akeem Speaks took all right but two and a half years for me to to build enough confidence to believe that i can actually do this work and and and, and so every day is another opportunity to get a little closer thank you so much for sharing that i hope y'all heard what he said i'm going to write it out in the caption so you can read it 
and say it to yourself every day when you need to get through those tough days to remember why you do what you do. Thank you so much, Akeem, for being with us today. And y'all, please continue to listen to Millennials on the Move podcast. I am doing mm. it for you. And I'm going to continue to bring you amazing people like Akeem to talk to you and to inspire and to ignite fires in you. You start your own initiatives. You find your passion. You follow your passion. Start those businesses, those nonprofit organizations, because you have a voice and you got to follow it. You know, so... Thank you so much for being with us, and we will see you next time. Word. Thank you, everybody. Shout out to all the millennials on the move.